Hi guys, Dr. Cassie here, and I'm back again with another special edition COVID-19 podcast episode. But with this episode, we're going to take a little different approach. We're going to step away from the virology and epidemiology and zoonoses for a minute to discuss how quarantines and stay-at-home orders are affecting us as individuals. Whether you're in a clinic or working in research or food safety or helping do your part by staying home, these changes have contributed to an increased stress in day-to-day life for all of us. In this episode, I talked to Dr. Debbie Stone, who's a veterinarian, but also a social worker with a PhD specializing in veterinary medical communication about the stress of living with the new normal of masks and physical distancing. We discussed the reasons these changes are so difficult and how to cope with them and stay mentally healthy until we can get to the other side of this pandemic. My guest, Dr. Stone, is Director of Veterinary Affairs for LifeLearned, where she's involved in innovative initiatives in veterinary CE across North America and provides an evidence-based CE program called The Social Side of Practice. She's published close to 30 articles in veterinary and social work publications and has presented nationally and internationally on the topics of veterinary wellness, veterinary client-patient communication, teamwork, organizational culture, and leadership. She's an academic, entrepreneur, and facilitator committed to advancing the health and welfare of people and animals at the intersections of industry, academia, and society. Her insight spoke volumes to me in my experience during this time, and I hope some of this information can make life a little easier for you as well. Again, apologies for any audio variability in the recording. We're recording from home with sometimes unstable internet connections, so the quality may not be the same as what you've experienced in the past, but hopefully the information makes up for it. Here's my interview with Dr. Stone. Dr. Stone, thank you so much for being here with us today. Well, thank you, Cassie. I'm really happy to be here. Very happy to share about this very important topic. Very important. Absolutely. So as we know, you are a veterinarian and a social worker. So kind of looking through that lens at those in veterinary practice working through the COVID-19 crisis, what do you see from a stress point of view? Well, maybe the first thing I'll say is lots of stress. And it all really makes sense because this whole situation, having a global pandemic, it's unprecedented. You know, we've never been through this before. We don't know how to react. Life keeps changing from day to day. Every moment, it seems uh, something new is happening or something is changing. And with all that change and with all that newness, um, it adds a lot of stress because we don't know how to handle it, right? We become ungrounded. So for many, if not all of us, this can really truly be overwhelming. And it's also in part, not just to all the changes and the fact that it's a pandemic, but the the many fears that we have associated with it, that that's where our stress is coming from. So first of all, we have the fear of the pandemic itself and the virus. And, you know, obviously it is deadly. And, you know, how is that going to affect each and every one of us? There's a fear of overwhelming the medical system. And when that happens, you know, people won't just be dying of covid 19, but they'll be dying of regular health care issues like chronic conditions that people have where they can't access the medical treatment and care that they need. And then, of course, there's fears with shortages, you know, foods, medications, any other resources. I mean, the very first thing that happened here, and I'm maybe the same at your end too, was a shortage of toilet paper, you know. Yes. <laughs> so, 
<laughs> you know, when you go grocery shopping, you can't find flour on the shelves. So it's like the, the very unexpected things happening here. And so that creates a lot of fear. And then, of course, there's this, this entire global economic crisis that we're in as well and what the ultimate repercussions will be. You know, all our businesses are shut down. Um, millions upon millions are out of work. In so many ways, you know, our world has ground to a halt. And then with all of this is that key issue of uncertainty. You know, again, this whole situation is unprecedented. We don't have a crystal ball. No one knows what tomorrow is going to bring or how this is all going to unfold. And so with so much uncertainty, that leads to huge levels of fear and stress. Absolutely. Uh, And, you know, being veterinarians, a lot of times we like to be in control of situations. And with all these unknowns, I know for me, a lot, there's a lot of fear of the unknown. Like you said, all of these things are things we've never experienced before. So a lot of this is the stress related to many impacts on veterinary practices, which has necessitated changes in day-to-day activities, meaning that even just the delivery of veterinary medicine has changed. Oh, it certainly has. And that certainly has caused a huge level of stress for anyone working within veterinary practices, because like you said, it's the, the entire delivery of veterinary medicine has changed. Operations have altered. Um, You know, they've had to gradually move from regular operations to um, now only offering urgent care services. So that means, of course, two reduced hours of operation. Uh, And of course, some staff aren't able to work because they have to be at home with children because the children are um, out of schools now. Um, some staff are home because they're sick. Um, some some clinics are actually creating changes and shifts where they have two separate teams working so that if one team gets sick, the other team can work. And of course, now we're offering outdoor appointments, curbside services, and the very foundation of veterinary medicine these days, the delivery of it, is telemedicine. And I mean, who would have guessed? So we've had to develop to develop all of these different protocols for that as well as to what's acceptable and professional and ethical. These are all new things. And as we move through all this newness and these changes, uh, and knowing that we're doing things imperfectly, that we're just doing our best from moment to moment, there could be things we may even be doing that you know aren't the best, um, it causes huge levels of stress. And then when you think about it too, you know, we think about veterinarians in their veterinary world, but, you know, they're people. So, you know, what's happening to them on the home front? You know, there's changes there too. Absolutely. I know we've experienced some of the stresses that you're talking about. My kids are out of daycare and my husband's working from home. And um, I'm, of course, recording this from home right now. And so a lot of changes on the home front that are causing stress in this situation. Right. We, you know, we think about and recognize how much our professional lives have changed, but our our lives on the home front have changed as well. Um, You know, we have we have as much social isolating as uh, possible happening uh, within this, you know, central concept of physical distancing. Some of us have uh, people who are unemployed in the family that are being at home. We have children that we need to be thinking about um, in relation to not even just preventing cabin fever from happening, but you know how do we manage their education? And then for some of us who are still you know out at work too, we have to be thinking about well, what kinds of childcare options do we have because the daycares are closed? 
So lots of changes there. For me, it's become my kids just taking out every toy they own. And then I walk around the house and pick them all up and they follow me back through taking them all out again. That's good. It's working for the time being. Yes, um, exactly. Right. Yep. Yep. And then for others, you know, maybe they have some elderly parents or some neighbors to help out. Uh, maybe there's you know, a friend who's having some problems that they need to support. So, you know, things are changing in so many different directions. They are. And I think you really hit the nail on the head uh, a little bit earlier when you said knowing that we're handling this imperfectly and that and it's changing moment to moment, because I think that sums up exactly how I feel from from work and home and the disease itself and everything changing so quickly, you just, you know, there's no right way to handle it. And all the changes, they, they do make it really stressful. And now we've got this physical distancing that we're doing. How is that contributing to our stress level? Well, for sure, that's contributing as well, because, you know, as you know, as we all know, we're social animals, we're social creatures, uh, we're pack animals. So it's natural for us to engage with one another, to stay connected. You know, the, the worst feeling possible for a human being is aloneness, a sense of loneliness. And so we need to connect. We need that sense of belonging. So, you know, to engage with physical distancing, which is also referred to as social distancing, um, to, to not have that connection can really add to stress. And then, of course, it's a new behavior. We're not used to doing this. And so that, you know, really... Um, adds to our stress as such. And then the other thing is when we think, well, we're doing our best, but you may be walking past someone in a grocery store, you don't know how much they, the other person has done to uh, manage themselves and keep themselves healthy. You know, you can't control their behavior. So others could be putting you at risk and you, and you don't know that. So, um, so that too really does contribute to stress and and all of these different um, sources of stress uh, and all of the changes related you know to what's happened with this pandemic um, is the fact is that we're now in a new normal and we have to reach that point of acceptance where this is our new normal and we have to start going with the flow um, if we just keep fighting this or or not um, being able to manage it in ways that keep ourselves grounded, um, we won't do very well. So we actually have to move into a place of acceptance as well. And that that has been challenging, but I I think I've seen that in my own life with exactly how you're describing it. Of it, you want to fight against it, but the harder you fight against it, the harder everything is. Right, exactly. So our first impulse, I think, is like, you know, it's like sort of like hackles up like, hey, what's happening here? And let's like, not this, we don't want this to be happening. And, but we can't do anything to change it. So it's better to go with the flow. Um, we'll definitely stress less. Right. And just learn how to adapt to it. I understand you've come up with or you've coined a new term personal distancing, uh, which is a play off of what has, is now a household term, physical distancing or social distancing. Can you tell us a little bit about this new term, personal distancing, and what that means? Yeah, yeah, I, absolutely. I, I came up with this term when I was thinking about the original term, social distancing, because 
really, when you think about it, social distancing is about interpersonal distancing, right? It's about creating that interpersonal or physical space between people. And so when I thought about um, that term social distancing and the interpersonal space, I thought, well, you know, that's one thing and that's what keeps us physically healthy. But in a way, we need to also make sure that we take times to personally distance ourselves from the situation uh, and all the changes and the chaos and the upheaval of our lives so that we can get ourselves grounded. So that's where I, I came up with that uh, concept of personal distancing. Interesting. So can you tell us a little more about this personal distancing? It sounds like you're saying almost we have to distance from ourselves. Right. Yeah. But right. It's actually quite the opposite because what we're doing is getting reconnected with ourselves, um, getting grounded with ourselves because of all these changes that are happening around us. So with all this change, you know, we can just get caught up in the chaos and become very fearful and anxious and that. But if we stop to personally distance ourselves from the situation, take a time out to reflect and take perspective, uh, we can regain balance. And then when you come from that place of regaining balance and accepting that, okay, this is what's happening right now. Maybe I should start to go with the flow. And as I get grounded, then I can start to make healthy choices for myself, be able to carry myself forward in the best way possible. And in a way, this idea links to this, this concept that Viktor Frankl said. Viktor Frankl, of course, was an Austrian neurologist and psychiatrist, as well as a Holocaust survivor. So we, we tend to know him for his book um, that he wrote, Man's Search for Meaning. And in this book, he said, between stimulus and response, there is a space. And in that space, is our power to choose our response. So when we're thinking about this term, personal distancing, it's all about moving into that space so that we can choose our response. So it's like gently pulling out from the world and the chaos that's happening all around you and merely enveloping yourself into like a transparent bubble, your own quiet, protected place where you can have a conversation with yourself and in doing so, find some clarity, uh, because ultimately, you don't want to just be going through this haphazard, you know, from a reactive stance, bouncing from this change to this change, to this change, but finding a place of calm, finding a place of, of purpose and a sense of control and choosing how you want to respond and carry yourself forward. Kind of regaining <laughs> that control a little bit instead of feeling like we have to react to every different change because that loss of control of course we talked about is contributing to our stress level so giving us the power to control our response might help with that absolutely such a great concept let's talk about the how how do we create that distance how do we go about personally distancing ourselves from the situation and kind of checking in with ourselves understanding our perspective and staying grounded through this whole thing? Well, one of the first things I think of with that is, is simply finding some time in solitude, um, taking some time to pause, create that distance that you can pull into yourself and then start thinking at, through things and, um, and finding that time to get grounded. So 
once you do that, then you can really see the situation for what it is. And time and solitude can take so many different forms. Um, for me, it's getting outdoors, getting into some gardening, because I get into my own mind and my mind can wander. You know, it may be taking a cat nap on the couch. It may be sitting outside on the porch after you put your kids in bed. Uh, it may be taking a hot bath and listening to some quiet music. And as you do this with your time in solitude, you ask yourself a few questions, right? As you're pausing and thinking things through, you know, what's the worst that could happen? And how could things be worse right now? And as you're asking these questions, think to, you know, where are the silver linings? And what do you have to be grateful for, thankful for? And another idea is journaling, you know, writing things. Because when you have all these, you know, ideas and thoughts and fears and stressors and anxieties, you know, circulating and whirling in your mind, if you can kind of just get them out, externalize them, write them down, um, you know, maybe it's writing pen to paper, maybe it's, you know, opening up a Word document, maybe it's writing yourself an email, um, even an email as to, you know, who you might be or what things might be like six months from now or so. But doing some form of writing to get the stuff that's outside of your, you know, that's inside of your head, outside of your head. And, you know, the key is with this is that when you start to write, and that engages your left brain, which is the rational and analytical part of your brain. It frees up the right side of your brain, which is that creative, intuitive feeling form level of your brain. And then what happens is through the writing, you're using your whole brains. You're maximizing your brain function to be able to sort things out. So any sort of writing, journaling can be really helpful. And then the last thing I'd like to offer as a, as a really good idea to get yourself grounded is to just start to accept your feelings. You know, it's natural for us in this type of situation in a pandemic to feel stress, anxiety, grief, and worry. Um, and with all of this, which is so unsettling, um, we sometimes just want to push them aside. You know, we don't even want to go there. We want to start blocking them off, but we don't want to block them off. What you want to do is accept them and and go with the flow and how you accept them is to just notice your emotions. So first of all, take self-awareness. So notice your emotions and your thoughts and the, the physical feelings that are coming along with them. And then look at them with curiosity, like a, a sort of innocent inquisitiveness, and then start to describe them. You know, like I'm, I notice I'm feeling this and I wonder why I'm feeling this. And and I, I, I think it makes sense related to this and this. So then describe them just very openly without judgment and then let them go. Just let them go like, like water coming, you know, like off of a duck's shoulders or envisioning them as seeds blowing off a dandelion, just gently away from you. I feel like this talk is just a gold mine of information. I feel like you just got in my head and figured out all the things I was feeling surrounded to this, this pandemic. And you're just explaining them perfectly here, all, all strategies that I feel like I'm going to take away and use in my own life after our talk here. Mm -hmm. And you can use a little bit of this and a little bit of that. It's not like going into any, you know, strict, rigid, you know, uh, routine that, oh, I have to do this or I have to do this. Again, it's all about acceptance and starting to move with the flow of things. But when you have a moment here where you're thinking, I'm getting really anxious, you know, then you think, okay, I'm going to be proactive and I'm going to do something here. 
um, to get myself in a better place. And so many times that helps, just like what we were talking about, uh, to say, I am feeling anxious, I'm feeling stressed, but I can take control of this situation and I can choose how I'm going to react to it and I can choose to do something about it. Yes, that's right. Yep. Whenever we can do something, we make a choice and we carry ourselves forward with a sense of purpose and a sense of intention, we're, we're in a much better place, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. This is great information. Uh, and all of these things that you're saying, it sounds like they're not, they're not an end in and of themselves. These are great practices to check in with yourself, get some perspective, get grounded, reduce stress. But you're saying we're doing all of this so that we can choose our response and choose how we want to carry ourselves through these circumstances. So what kind of outcomes are you referring to? Well, right. It, it links back to what Viktor Frankl said, is that we can make a choice. We can choose how to respond, how to carry ourselves forward. So so once you think clearly, you can really, you know, then make these choices. And so there's so many different choices that we can make. You know, one of the things that we need to be very conscious of is the degree to which we're engaging in self-care. And it would be really advisable to really lean into and think about, you know, what do I need personally to, to take better care of myself so I can be as resilient as possible, physically, emotionally, psychologically, spiritually. And so it comes down to the basics like diet, sleep, and, you know, having a balance in your movement, you know, between rest and, and, um, and exercise and that. Um, because if we really pay attention to these basics, they'll keep keep us as physically and psychologically healthy as possible. So we can be, again, you know, as strong as possible to be able to manage all these changes and all the stress. And when we engage in good, you know, healthy self-care, that actually boosts our immune system too. So that's a good thing when you think about, you know, you have a, you potentially could become infected and have a, a virus that your body's going to have to deal with. And keep in mind that your self-care um, is going to change because as you go through, we go through this pandemic and things keep changing, our circumstances change, you may want to adjust things along the way. So just reflecting on that as time goes on and as this pandemic unfolds. And another way that's really important to um, make sure that you stay well in things is to really mind your attitude. You know, we can become really stressed out and anxious and really move into a negative mindset. But if you could instead, you know, put a pause on that and say, I am going to choose optimism. You know, I'm not going to, I'm going to stop all these catastrophic predictions that I have happening here. You know, my, my head's going in circles here and I'm going to create a positive future story. Um, if you fill your mind with positive things, hopeful things, that so strongly supports your psychological well-being. But if you keep thinking things like, well, I can't stand this, or this is driving me nuts, or things are never going to be the same, you know, you'll just get yourself stressed out. So instead, choose to have optimistic conversations with yourself. Um, they're going to help you manage your emotions, and they're going to support you to take positive actions. So it's so important to remember that what you say to yourself, um, it really matters. Another way to um, 
really, you know, like a choice that you can make moving forward so that you can carry yourself forward in the best way possible is to be grateful, to be thankful, because gratitude, it's empowered. It's, it's truly empowering. Um, you need to really be mindful of all the things you really do have in life that are good and all the resources that you have uh, to take to to take forward and to make use of um, so that you can manage yourself and manage the circumstances as best as possible. It's today is not the day to just take life for granted, take your health for granted, take your family for granted or anything else, but to be truly grateful because that gives you a strong foundation to move yourself forward, to take each step forward. And make sure you share your gratitude with others, because the more this gratitude, this theme of gratitude gets shared, it, it constantly gives each other reminders of the, all the things that we do have when we're so much at a time of loss, at a time of, of change, at a time where we're feeling threatened, right? So making gratitude a habit actually is one of the best things you can do. I know I'm finding helpful. There's actually uh, some science behind them to say, yes, no, these really are beneficial for so many reasons. Yes, yes, that's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Fantastic. Were there any uh, any other outcomes you wanted to touch on? Yeah, there's one more that I'd like to mention, and that is really um, that in these circumstances, we have to realize that Um, You know, as unsettling as they are, you know, which we have talked about right from the beginning here, all the fears, anxieties, the uncertainties, which all contribute to stresses. When our stress levels go up, they're going to impact our mental health. And so we need to be really uh, aware of mental health and tune into mental health. When we are in a pandemic, um, some of us who have never experienced mental health problems before are gonna experience them for the first time. And then for other people who do experience mental health problems you know, over time, they may find that their symptoms will worsen. So through all of this, I don't know, you know if you've talked about it with your friends and that, but a lot of people are feeling more on edge than usual. They're angrier, more, more reactive. Some people are feeling sad. Some people are even feeling helpless. And within all of this, there is a sense of grief, too, because there's a sense of loss, right? Our normal world and everything we did from day to day is changed. A lot of it, we've lost so much. There's an underlying sense of grief here that's not really being acknowledged either. And so all of these things can impact our mental health. So we need to really focus on what's going to keep us steady and healthy mentally. And realize that for those of us around us who we know, family members and friends that who do struggle with mental health on a more usual, like a general level, you know, how can we be supportive of them? Um, And for those people who do experience mental health problems, um, this increased physical isolation, you know, with some separation from their social networks, you know, the the closure of the community-based mental health services and programs, And the move that we have these days to virtual counseling, like counseling using uh, uh, modern technology or phone counseling, there's a lot of adjustments to be made there. Um, That in itself can make things more difficult. Um, So, and then for those who are, um, who who do have a 
a lot of anxiety, they may, you know, in, in order to try to cope, they may increase their use of substances, which could then, you know, compound their mental health issues. And then for those people who have been on the steady road of recovery, they may find themselves more uh, prone uh, to relapse. So uh, paying attention to mental health is incredibly important. And, uh, and I think that, you know, there are some services that we need to connect with, and we can certainly provide that information uh, to people. There's the crisis text line, the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline, Crisis Services Canada, and the Disaster Stress Distress Helpline. Uh, and we can certainly, I think, provide those numbers for people. Fantastic. So important with everything that's going on. And of course, another area that we know is the source of a lot of stress is the media, especially if we're staying home and maybe aren't our day-to-day lives aren't quite as packed as they were before. Uh, it can be really easy to sit there and look at your phone or sit on the computer or watch TV where everything is just inundated with information about this pandemic. So what about media distancing? Yeah, you are absolutely right. You know, it is so key for us to stay informed because if we feel like we're missing information, um, that just adds to our anxiety. So we do need to stay informed, you know, learn as much as we can about COVID-19, how we can prevent the spread, how we can support one another. So we need to stay informed, you know, and get information from trustworthy sources. Um, that's absolutely important. But the fact is, if we are constantly tuning in, like you said, like constantly listening to the news, um, engaging with social media, we can, and we start to get inundated with it, we will, it will severely um, affect us in many negative ways. We can become overwhelmed. And when you become uh, overwhelmed with information, it nearly paralyzes you. So then you don't even know what to do or what step to take next or anything like that. Or you just move into a total uh, sense of doomsday. Um, So we need to engage with media um, distancing. Maybe choose just a half an hour a day to be connecting with what's happening. uh, Or just choose uh, two or three times where you're going to do quick check-ins. Um, as much as we absolutely need to stay informed, at the same time, we absolutely need to avoid too much exposure. Right. Just strike the right balance there of having the information, but not letting it take over for you. Right. Taking the information in in healthy doses. Right. Just like anything. Moderation. Right. That's right. <laughs> yes. uh, yeah. Well. Like I said, I just feel like this has been a goldmine of a conversation with so many helpful tips for helping us move through what is a really stressful time and acknowledging that this is really difficult. And I can't thank you enough for joining us. Are there any final thoughts that you'd like to share with us? Well, thanks, Cassie. It's been my pleasure too to be able to participate and share. And and I, you know, I really want to say to everyone, you know. Please stay well, um, do all that you can to support yourself to stay well, healthy, happy, your family members, your friends, you know, we really are in this together. I mean, it's been said so often, but, you know, I think when a pandemic like this happens and we are so challenged each in our own ways, um, we really truly are in this together. 
And the more we can support one another um, and support ourselves as individuals to be able to stay healthy, happy, to stay well, the more, you know, at the other side of, of all of this, that we'll be able to um, move forward in the best possible way at that time as well. Because once we get through it, we'll be moving forward on that other side to be able to, you know, get our world up and going again. So everything we do today isn't just for today, but it's for our future too. So looking at it from the biggest picture, we can see this in so many different directions. Um, so, and I just, again, would like to, you know, wish everyone out there to um, stay healthy, stay well, um, do everything you can to be um, as resilient as possible moving through this. Uh, and we can, we can do it. Well, wonderful. Thank you again so much for joining us. Well, thank you, Cassie. My pleasure. And thank you. Be well. All right, guys, I hope you enjoyed our talk and took away some valuable points from that discussion, whether it's just validation that the stress you're feeling is real and makes sense, or if it's a new way to cope and keep moving forward and what's proving to be a very confusing and difficult time. I want to say a huge thank you to Dr. Stone for her time and her insight. And thank you to LifeLearn and Vetfolio teams for facilitating this podcast. If you'd like to find out more about this and other exciting podcasts, click on the education tab on Vetfolio's portal. As always, we'd love to hear your input on this session, as well as ideas for topics you'd like to hear from us in the future. Feel free to reach out to me at dvm at vetfolio.com. You can also visit my Facebook page at Dr. Cassie DVM, and you can find me on LinkedIn. And remember, if one animal is better off because of you today, it's a great day.